Good afternoon and welcome to Sunday Business Brunch. Sending you all the light, love, many manifestations, blessings as you prepare for what we're claiming to be an amazing, affirming week. Um, I'm Yatrisha Coleman and to my right is my lovely co-host, Chef Kimmy J. Kimmy, do you have a few words of inspiration to share before we jump into today's topics? Um, a quote I would like to say is something that encouraged me today. It said that balance is not something you find, it's something that you create. And the theme of the show today very much is balance. Right. So let's get into our first topic. So we um, shared a TikTok video about um, how, like, you know, some of our entrepreneur sales, we used to sell candy and snacks and like some of our kids do. And it was a comedian uh, pretending to be school admin. And it was like, you remember how school admin used to um, tell you you couldn't sell snacks, but then they would like low key buy it from you. Be like, what you got? Let me get it for Miss So-and-so. And so we were, um, and then you shared about your daughter, um, selling bracelets in school and just how schools don't prepare you to start a business or be entrepreneurial. So schools make employees and not entrepreneurs. And that we had a long discussion about that. So we made that one of our topics. So um, again, what Yantrisha was saying, my daughter actually got in trouble uh, one year when she's in third grade. She's making bracelets and selling them for a dollar. And one day I get a call from the principal saying that she's making profit on, you know, school grounds and how it goes against um, the rules. And I just thought it was so funny because she wasn't doing it during class. It was like an after school type of thing. Right. Um, and they seem to just be very adamant that she made $75. But we have to remember the history of schooling, the way that we sit at perfect desks in rows. Um, it's been plenty of tests showing how the way that we teach our children is not effective, especially for learners who are more hands-on and more creative. But it's made by design. You're designed to go to work, sit at a desk, do one thing. But also you're designed to work for free when you have homework. You know what I'm saying? And we have to think about like the messages that we're teaching our kids. Not only have they done a six, seven hour day, you have to come home and do at least an hour to two to homework. For what? For yeah. a grade. And that sets you up for life. How a lot of these employees will, will pay you, uh, employers will pay you low wages, but expect you to come in early, leave late, bring extra stuff and pay out of your pocket. And they're not willing to pay you your worth. 
So that's the other thing. We're not demonizing people because there are people who are employees. But if you're an employee, you should be maxing, maximizing your benefits. You should be able to have health care. You should be getting the most, you should be getting top dollar, you know. So there's two sides to this. Schools teach you how to be employees, but they also don't encourage entrepreneurship. I mean, they even have it where, like, you can't do anything outside of your job. Like yeah. if you, or if you have something else going on, um, they want to know that and they discourage you or they won't hire you. Or if they find out you're doing uh, something like you're uh, part of an MLM or you have your own side business. Yeah. They discourage that. That's so true. I worked as a chef. I was a sous chef for um, a pretty, it was a small company, but they were growing rapidly. And so I had a perfect schedule where I was starting my little crab sale business for my plates. They found out that I had became very popular to the point where the people, the employees wanted me to, you know, drop off plates for them. And that's how they found out that I had my own business, even though it didn't conflict with theirs. They purposely started changing my schedule. I never knew what days I was off. So it made it really hard to run my business. So you, that's the thing. Like you should work for a fair employer. Um, and honestly, you might have the thought like, oh, well, we can't force that to happen, but we can, especially now. A lot of people are not working like how we were before the pandemic because a lot mm -hmm. of us were working for way under what we were worth. We get, a lot of us got paid more when, when the pandemic hit than they were doing going to work 40 hours a week. So we have to transmute that. You know what I'm saying? We have to transmute up the whole changing your schedule, sabotage. Like, you know, I, I will admit, I, I'm still a little naive when it comes to humans, but mm -hmm. I was really naive, I'll say, 10 years ago. And I worked for a nonprofit. I won't say the name, but, like, they started treating me like I was their enemy because I wasn't freely sharing my ideas and freely sharing. Like, I wasn't fighting to give my ideas. Like, once mm -hmm. you show me that um, I'm to you considered a peon i'm the lowest on the totem pole what my talents and treasures um aren't considered as high as everybody else's because they may have a higher degree or they have a higher title then i stop sharing because i'm just like i'm not going to be devalued and disrespected in that way like just because i took this certain position doesn't mean outside of this you know i'm well connected so i just need you to recognize that like, yeah, in your organization, I may not be high up, but that's because I got my own stuff going on. And I'm, exactly. just, I'm just helping y'all out to make change. I'm not trying to run your organization. I'm just trying to help in the way I know I can. Uh -huh. And so uh, one of the, the CEO came to visit um, and uh, the media, our media partner has sent me this building. Um and it was free for nonprofits. So at the time, I wanted to open up a play place called Four Corners. And it was going to be like glow in the dark. And then it was also going to teach like educational, like edutainment center. Mm -hmm. And so um, I shared that vision with her. And so she sent me this building that was free for nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, you might want to try to get this because our contracts were ending. So uh, she was like, this could be your next step. And I was like, OK, thank you for looking out. 
Well, they were screening our emails. I did not know that at the time, but they were screening our emails. And so she stands in front of us in the conference room and was like, you know, so if you're getting, um, you know, correspondence like with free buildings and she looked right at me and I was like, okay. And she was like, you know, we just don't want um, any type of sabotage behavior going on. And I'm like, how is me planning my next step sabotage for y'all? Like, you have not offered me a permission to stay on with y'all. Y'all have not discussed me, you know, continuing to be a part of this. So I need to start looking for what I'm going to do next. And it wasn't a, um, she almost said their name. <laughs> it wasn't a, um, you know, F them. It was a like, okay, let's look out for Trish because you all you got, you know, especially in this corporate environment, nonprofit sector, they worse than the corporate people. Uh, at least with corporate, you know where you stand. Right. They want you to give them the sun, the moon, the stars, and then treat you like you underneath their shoes. So when I said, I just look, and that hurt my feelings so bad because I was like, I've never done anything that said I did not want y'all to succeed. Like, I've never done that. And then I even had a coworker saying, when you come in and you're not in a good mood and you're not talking in, in the meetings, it makes me not want to try it. I'm just like, and I said this, I said, how does well, how I act affect you in any way? We're both grown. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know why you're here. Dude, right. don't look at me because I'm out, I'm out the door already. Like I've already decided I've tuned out and I'm going to go find something else to do. Mm -hmm. and if you want to stay here and you want to help them build, focus on that. Don't focus on Trish because I've already made my path. I've already, you know, I've already made moves to do my next thing. So I'm like, I said, we're both grown. How does because I'm not talking and smiling and, and you know, trying to steer the ship correctly. How does that affect you? I mean, but that's kind of how, like, getting back to the topic, how the how it is with school. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you would get a lower grade if you didn't have citizenship. But, like, when we really look at innovation and what's happening around the world and how, like, like the music industry, tech industry is taking off. These are all creative, creative ideas. Yes. People who yes. can't, you know, they think out of the box. And public school, not even just public school, a lot of schools do not think out of the box. It's all about academics. Um, back when we were in high school, those programs were being cut out. So now they these kids barely even get recess to play. You know what I'm saying? Right. We don't have a value at a very early age. We're taught like our value is by getting good grades in the color system, opposed to running around and being happy. Stress relievers and how exactly and the conduct, opposed this to monitoring behavior yeah. instead of teaching behavior. You know, those are two very two different things. Completely. And uh, like a lot of, we can see how like creativity definitely has taken a back seat. Like, look how many repeat shows we watch. Like, we don't we don't need a redo of everything. Literally everything we watch as children is being redone present day. Why? There's no more original ideas. We're just making the ideas that were already good, better ideas. Or sometimes they're not even better. Sometimes they're like worse. Like, and I don't watch them because I just I can't. I'm not gonna watch the same movie twice. I just don't yeah, have. I also think it's a the this the new generation is different. They don't sit and watch TV. 
They, you know, they are watching YouTube, TikTok, social media. They have other ways to engage. So that old format of television that works for our generation because we sat, right. we were latchkey kids, we sat in front of the TV. So it's kind of like a nostalgia thing. Mm-hmm. But like, I didn't share this story uh, before we came up with the topics, but I, I can't remember who I was talking to. But uh, we were, oh, I was talking to my daughter. Because she said um, her principal had called one of their friends down and said, like, oh, your your grades are, are terrible. And she has all A's. And she was failing one class, but that's because she was out sick with COVID. And she had to make up a test. So once she made up the test, her grade would have went back up. And so, like, she was all upset and stuff. And so one of her other classmates said, oh, good thing it was her and not me or you because they know we don't play. And then Livy was like, well, you know, my mama don't play. I said, you, I said, you damn right. I was like, I don't play with my child because, like, I remember when I was in seventh grade, I've always had teachers pick with me because I guess they get so overwhelmed. They always pick out who they think is the weak link in a group and they pick with them. But they didn't know my mama is a rider. She don't play that, you know, because she said when she was growing up, her mother never um, advocated for them. Like she always took the grownups side of the story and she would punish them based off of whatever an adult would say and not get their side. So she was like, when I get older, I'm not going to do that to my kids. And so uh, so anytime I, she said, you know, your kids, you know, if your kids lie, you know how they tell the story you know, if they're telling the truth. And she said, when it came to school, I never lied. So she was like, she said, if it was about some food, I know you was, you know, you would say, oh, I didn't eat it, but you did eat it. And I was like, dang. (laughs) But she said, when it came to anything concerning an adult, I will always tell the truth. And so I had a homeroom teacher who, and I'm not exaggerating, all the kids, except for maybe three of us, would cuss this man out, would slap walk out of the classroom, they just disrespect this man. So he would gave them all S's in conduct and he gave me a, a N, needs improvement. And I was like, yo, like when I got it, I had all A's. I had, well, we had E for excellent in conduct. Yeah. I had all E's and I had an N. And I was like, yo, like this is like you get to homeroom to before you go to your next class. Like this is just like a, a holding. Yeah, like and he was like, you be talking with your friends? I said, I don't. I just listen. Like, I'll laugh when they say stuff, but I didn't talk. Because I'm like, I'm ready to go to my next class or I'm ready to go home. And he was like, mm, he wasn't trying to hear me. I said, okay, well, my mom will be here in the morning. True to form, my mom came up and she was like, um, I need you to see my daughter's report card. Because I told her, I said, Dad, I said mom, she, uh, he wouldn't even look at it. He like I try to show him like nobody else has a problem with me. I don't have behavior issues. That's not me. You know that what you put is not accurate. And he mm-hmm. just dismissed me. She said, I want you to look at it since you wouldn't let my daughter show you. And she said, How come nobody else has a problem with my daughter but you? And so she was like, No, I need you to explain this to me. And so he took a pen and he changed it to an S. And so I just waited to the next um uh, to make sure it was changing the system because if not I was going to go off mm-hmm. the principal but um, it got changed and so when I got back to class cause my, mom, my mom was like okay baby I need you to go to class and I need to talk to him for a little bit and I said okay so to this day she would not tell me what she said to this man 
but I never had another problem out of her. So what out of him, whatever she said, got that man all the way together. Cause like I mean you gotta advocate for the children, our children. And I think getting back to like going back into public schools, a lot of us don't have a choice to put our school in a very fancy Montessori school we want to. Right. So there's things that we can do to be more supportive towards our children. Like I'm not saying everyone has to be an entrepreneur, but you do have to know how to make multiple sources of income because we yeah. know that one source of income in this community in this in America is not enough. Um okay. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no problem. And just, <laughs> just supporting them. So, and one way to do that is help them create interest. We right. have to remember that children really don't know what they like. And if you ask them, they're going to say no. Like, you're going to get me off my phone? No. But you have to introduce them to things. It can be, I mean, it could be something new for you too, like sewing right. or painting pottery or, you know, all different kind of art projects, all different kind of sensory bins. Um, you know, reading books together, just filling that imagination up um, and not yeah. stop reading books just because they're not little. I have to remind myself that my 11-year-old is as big and as tall as me. And sometimes she just kind of forget that this is still a child. She needs those children things. You know what I'm saying? I always try to remind myself like, okay, she very much needs to listen to a bedtime story just mm -hmm. as much as my six-year-old does, you know? But I was saying like with our community, entertainment entertainers are the role models like even if they don't want to be and the way that a lot of our people get out of the hood or get out of their financial situation is through music and art and stuff mm -hmm. like that so like i know it's by design that they've cut these programs out of the school but as the parents and as the entrepreneurs that know that's the game that's being played. We need to start providing that. So like yeah. I have Camp Trev where I teach financial literacy and entrepreneurship. But then we also just need to um, teach kids that our entertainers have gone into different businesses. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, Beyonce, Rihanna, Jay-Z, all of everybody, Kanye, all of them have gone into other arenas. So they use... Yeah their path that they started off with as a jumping point to branch out. Yeah, to branch out so that we need to teach our kids to have that that mindset. You know, I saw something on I think Instagram or maybe it was Facebook, Candy from Real Housewives from Escape. Mm -hmm. interviewed and she was talking about how she always had that mindset of don't spend money you don't have yet. But to see that she has like a thousand businesses, like that's not even an exaggeration. She has so many businesses. Yeah. And it's so wealthy, we need to teach our kids that. Like, okay, yeah. Yeah, you can dribble a ball, but when that career is over with, what are you going to do? Like, when you get that advance, what are you doing with that money? Like, don't go out and buy a car and a house. You know, start businesses and let those businesses buy that house and that car. You don't have yeah. to have everything in your name. You I, um, As you were talking, I thought something that came to me was to um, – Basically, we have to teach ourselves so we can teach our kids, too. And that's the hardest part. And and this is a message for myself. Like, I, and, you know, we're still learning so we can teach the second generation, you know. And it's just all a process. It's like a building the plane while you're driving it. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're doing it. You're doing like, I don't even know what these, these little knobs do, but I'm going <laughs> to try to do it. And that's why I said I had to forgive 
I had to forgive myself for being angry at my parents, but I also had to just forgive them. Like, mm -hmm. I know they didn't do anything wrong. They did the best that they could. But just knowing that, you know, uh, a teacher, a parent, uh, other adults can only teach you what they know. They can't teach you anything they've never been exposed to. They can't teach you anything they're not currently doing. So yeah. you can't be mad. Like, why didn't I learn this when I was growing up? Well, the people didn't know and they can't teach you. They can only teach you like, okay, I went to college. I got a job. I stayed with it. I learned the the system and the industry I was in. And that's all I can, I can give you is what I know. You know, mm -hmm. like I say, when we first moved to Birmingham, Larry's dad was like, oh, you need to go to the 2121 building. So it's on uh, 21st um, Avenue or 21st Street. It's either Avenue or Street. And mm -hmm. it's the personnel building. And so you back in the day, you would go up, you would physically go there, you would fill out the application and then they would put you in for various jobs. And then you would get calls and interview and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and so you were telling him, like, no, you got to do it all on the computer. Like, even if you go up there, they're just going to sit you in front of a computer. And so we got a computer here at the house. We can just apply for the jobs online. And so he just kept harping about that until I just I went there and I talked to the lady and she said, yes, you we're just going to sit you in front of the computer. That's I called them. I said, Dad, they say <laughs> they're just going to put me on the computer. So then he let that go once he realized we knew what we were talking about. But it's like that's how he knew how to get a job. Was you go to the twenty one twenty one building, mm -hmm. get you a job, but mm -hmm. it doesn't work that way now. Now you just do everything online. So you yeah, we to support our children, especially if we understand the mechanism of schooling. We have to just kind of combat that the best way we can. Whether our students are going to be employees or entrepreneurs, that's their choice. But we just want to help them navigate. And then. They will grow into entrepreneurs. Like I'll use my sister as an example. For years, I'll say for decades, I will always get into different entrepreneur stuff because I knew since I was 13, I was going to own some type of business. Didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew I was going to own a business. <laughs> so I would just hop into any MLM or anything that I saw somebody that I knew they were successful in it. I was like, okay, bet. I can trust the results because I see you actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And then I would try to present it to my sister. Um, and she was like, well, we're just not salespeople. And now, fast forward 10 years later, she has her own uh, decal decorating business where, like, she can, she has a cricket machine and she can put stuff on folks' motorcycle jackets and shirts and stuff. <clears throat> so now she's an entrepreneur. Um, and so I was like, I just never would have thought, but, you know, 10 years ago, you she wouldn't have been doing that. But now she's doing it. So just because somebody right now or your your child now isn't thinking about entrepreneur, they're like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be this. I want to be that. You can say, okay, let me still teach them entrepreneur skills so when they get to that that part in their maturation, they could say, okay, I want to own my own practice now. I remember mom taught me X, Y, Z. Okay, I go get the LLC. I go get this. I can get that. 
and or I can now I'm a doctor, I can start investing in properties and I could be the funder for other people. You know, I could be the money and I can make my money grow without having to do anything because mama taught me that that's another path. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, even if you know right now your child's not even thinking about being a business owner, they say, I never want to be a business owner. People change their mind. So you should still just teach your child that those skills. So when they get older and they say, oh, now I know how the world works. Mama was right. I was wrong. Let me apply it. You know? mm -hmm. There are plenty of times where I said, oh, my mama was right. I used to cry. She was like, just say it this way. And I'm like, I don't want to lie. But it wasn't a lie. It was just a, a stretch of what I was doing. <laughs> but, you know, she was teaching me how to speak that corporate lingo. And I was like, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. She said, well, the job itself does that, even though you haven't done it yet. You will either do it or they're expecting that somebody in that type of position has done that. So if you want this job, you have to say that you've done it. I was like, I don't want to do that. And now I'm like, Shh, I should have said that. <laughs> she was right. And I was wrong, you know? I was like, well, oh. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to try to switch to the next one, do a segue, but I'll okay. let you. Right, you know. So we talked about how the public school system is basically um, not helping with entrepreneurs, but what about us that are entrepreneurs and how are we balancing life as mothers, um, spouses, dating ourselves? Like, how do we create balance for this? And granted, it becomes pretty wild. You know, the life <laughs> of entrepreneurship is very uncertain. We'll speak very candidly. It's very uncertain. It's one of the most wild rides you're going to go on. Um, and it's like, it's crazy because there's certain things that are consistent, but there's so many wild cards that are being pulled, you know? So how are we creating balance? Or how do we want to plan to create balance? Because this is still something that I am working through and growing through. That's why I love it as a topic. Yeah, and my thing is, once... I, I will say I've had a struggle trusting myself and trusting my decisions because of things I've gone through in the past. Like not, I'm not talking about relationship because I've been like this year, it'd be 20 years for me and Larry. So at least I've had stability with my relationship. How have you maintained that stability? Like, especially, you know, it's you and Larry and then it's you and mom and dad with the girls so how do you guys get that one one time how have you guys been able to survive with different you know different avenues different jobs different all kinds of stuff what is that thing that you've been able to teeter for 20 years that's the juice yeah <laughs> i mean for us because when livy was little we had his mom and we had well his dad sometime but we had his mom and then my dad and any time we needed somebody to watch Livy. Like his mom basically took over. She was the mama. And I, I think I shared this with you. Livy didn't call me mama till she was like five or six years old. You know, and I was I used to cry like my baby don't know me. But you know, I'm glad for that because she passed away when she was seven. So I was like, okay, I'm glad that she has that relationship and she, you know, she knew her grandmother. Because uh -huh. my two little ones, they don't know her because she's she's deceased. Right. Um, and so and I'm glad that I'm at the point now that I trust myself and I 
it's unfortunate that, you know, how my dad came to live with us, but I'm glad that he's here because he's in his right mind. He's able-bodied. So anytime we need him to watch the girls, he's there. So we got to live until the fall and she'll go off the car, but she'll be up the street. So I'm like, hey, come watch your sisters. And then me and Larry, like we support each other. So like he plays the trumpet. He'll go Mondays to practice and I'll just stay home with the girls. And if I have a board meeting or if I have the, I want to go somewhere, I want to go to lead a meeting that's in person. I can go. Like we just communicate with one another. We use our phones. And somebody asked me that. They said, "How do y'all keep schedule? Y'all both do so much. How do you keep your schedules?" As we put it on the phone, on the family, we share a family calendar. We put everything. Libby puts her stuff on there. She's like, "Okay, I got a counseling appointment. Hey, I got this with school. You know, we just we look at the calendar and we review it every once a week. Okay, you got this going on. You got that going on. You got this going on." So we know, and then just open up your mouth and say like, hey, tomorrow I have to go talk to so-and-so. You know, mm-hmm. what time? Oh, it's going to be at noon. Okay, cool. Can you be back in time to pick up Libby? No problem. That was part of my plan. But it's not a whole get mad like, oh, you, why would you ask that? Because you know I got my chat. Like, no, like just being uh, there's something that uh, one of the old operation directors for the league has said. He said, like, he had heard one of the presidents say, always assume positive intent. And so, like, I'm just fortunate, me and Lair, we know we don't do anything to hurt each other. We're not we're not petty towards each other. Now, for the outside world, get ready, get ready, because we're coming for you. But with each other, we're not petty. So, like, if I say, oh, um, I got this at this time, he's, oh, you know, oh, you forgot I had this. It'll be, I'll be like, okay, well, then don't worry about it. I just won't go because mm-hmm. I didn't share that in time to do. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, I was looking, it's mostly me. Like I said, oh, you know, I had such and such on the calendar. He'd be like, oh, okay, well, I won't go. And I'd be like, no, I really didn't want to go to that. So I'll just use what you're doing as an excuse for why I can't go. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. Communication, um, being real with each other. Uh, Still, this is why I share with all my single friends. If you're gonna marry somebody, marry somebody you like as a person, because like that whole you make me hot that fades, especially when they get on your nerves. It don't matter how sexy your mate is, when they irking you, they are not sexy. You know, they you are like, oh, I don't see what I saw in you. But if you like them as a person, there's somebody you would kick it with, you would chill with, you would be friends with, you would introduce them to other women. That's who you marry. You know, you marry somebody who respects you. Marry somebody who thinks highly of you. They don't think of you just as a big butt. They don't think of you right. as a big breast. Mm-hmm. They like you as a person, and they they love your ambition and your drive. Because a lot of men get intimidated by that. Mm-hmm. But I would say, I'm not gonna say he's never gotten intimidated by it. But I can tell by how other people talk to me and what they say that he thinks highly of me. Like last night we were at the hockey game and the lady was saying, uh, one of the trumpet players, she said, oh yeah, your husband was telling me about your picnic business. I was like, oh, you know, so he's promoting my business and he's proud of what I'm doing because when he's not around, he's talking about my business and letting people know. And these are white folks. So I'm just like, yeah, baby, promote that because those things buy. And that's huge because I think that's what I've really learned through dating. Like my dating life has been a very insightful thing for myself 
when I'm dating, I always say someone, it's not necessarily a mirror. Some people are, some people aren't, but it's definitely something that I learned about myself while re uh, acting, you know, operating with different people. The one thing I picked on is that as an entrepreneur, you have to get a man that genuinely um, will ride for you while you do your business thing. Mm -hmm. And it shows up in different ways. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want a man. So I can't. So jealousy is a natural emotion. A person getting jealous isn't the problem. How they handle their jealousy is the right, problem. Right. So if you don't, like, you know, we see jealousy in babies. It's a natural human thing to let it pop up. But then what are you doing with that? If you have a person that's not self-aware, they're acting out on their jealousy. And men get jealous of you. You know what I'm saying? Men, yeah. especially if they're especially living in that patriarchy, they are going to get jealous when you start making yeah. more money. Like, so I would say with Larry, it's never been a jealousy thing. And mm -hmm. I couldn't for the life of me figure it out until he came out and said it. Mm -hmm. So with me, I have, I'm a go getter, but I am, I said this the other day, I am a, once I get to the finish line, I like to quit. And I don't mm -hmm. know, I have not explored and figured out, I haven't gotten an answer of why I'm like this. So when I say, oh, I want to do this now. Like I switch directions quick, uh, you know. Is it like a worthiness? Do you feel like you're worthy to have the thing that you worked hard for? Like, are you really? Maybe you're kind of afraid to really when the when you get to the finish line. It's like, okay, now what? Because you know, it's not that it stops. It's a whole other level. So maybe it's just some kind of deep needed fear. Like, okay, if I get here, then it's like, you know what I'm saying? It's not that. It's like. One day it'll it'll be crystal clear, but right now the best way I can say is I get bored. Mm -hmm. so I get to where like this is old news. I'm ready to do something different. Mm -hmm. I act on it. Like mm -hmm. you know, I'm very impulsive when it comes to like businesses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so, or when it comes to like just building stuff, like doing stuff around the house, I'll start something and I'll be like, I don't want to do it anymore, and then mm -hmm. I'll just stop. So for Larry, it's kind of like he was leery, especially when I said, oh, I want to start this picnic business and I want to mm -hmm. do, I want to start the food tour business again. For him, it was kind of like, are you going to actually see this through? Right. And, you know, I don't want to be the one building all these tables. I don't want to be the one getting all this stuff. If you're mm -hmm. really not going to do it, are you really, if you're going to quit midstream because you found something else, you know, I get, I call, I say, I'm a squirrel. I get distracted very, very easy. So for me, it's like he didn't want to he didn't want to invest and pour his time and energy into it if I wasn't going to fully put my all into it. Mm -hmm. I realized that I was like, oh, no, I'm serious this time, babe. Like, I'm really <laughs> I'm really going to do this. And so when he saw like, you know, I was going on the local news and newspaper articles was being written. And I was entering contests and I was booking and I got a, a CRM system and, you know, I got it, uh, you know, started getting the systematic. I started seeing him buying stuff. Like he was like, you need to pack your stuff backwards. That way, you know, when you take it out, it's exactly, it, it shaves so much time on your setup. And mm -hmm. I was like, I never would have thought of that. And then he bought me some like rolling containers so I can pack, you know, add, I can pack it the way that I'm going to set it up. And then like, he was like, I just don't want to be your do boy. And I still don't know what that means, but I, I, I understand it well enough to know what not to ask him, mm -hmm. you know, but 
But like, so how, while you're doing all these ideas, how are you finding balance outside of the entrepreneurship? Like with the girls and everything in between. What I learned is your kids do what they see you do. So if you, if you're your own person and you, this is what you do, your children will follow suit. So I say that because like when I ran for city council, I was driving down the road and Libby was in the back seat. And she said, she's five. She was like, all right, let's start our uh, city council meeting. How many people do we have on a dais? How many five-year-olds say dais? You know? <laughs> and I was like, huh? And I noticed with the girls, they'll play their toys and they're playing picnic. Let's start a picnic. Let's, you know, they'll make their, they learn how to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. So they'll make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And they stick their toys down. They, they have a picnic. And they're like, all right, you got to pay me money. So whatever you kind of, I think people get it backwards. We're like, oh, I have to do, I have to make time for what my kids are interested in. Well, kids don't know what they're interested in. You know, right. all you can do is expose them to different things so they can find their interests. But then basically whatever you're doing is what your kids will be doing. You know, so I just try to make myself available to them but then i tell them like okay mama has a meeting I'll, I'll see you in an hour or two you know or i'll say like when i went to go to the library to talk to the executive director they was like you going to the library without us because like i always take them to the library or to a library branch and i was like yeah this time i'm going without y'all but i'll be right back you know and so they just now they got tablets they don't they don't really pay me no mind anymore I've been having to really get down on my schedule and I've been using my journal as a way to think about like ways to get more time. So I have, I have to have a relationship with myself mm. and my spirituality and my ancestors. And then I have to have a relationship with the children, but mm. I also want to really give them some alone time for, I have two children. So give them their alone time separately. And then I am dating you know, I'm single, but I'm actively dating. And, you know, so I've been allowing myself maybe two times a week to kind of look into my dating life, you know. And then um, it's about having a schedule. So I get up at 5 a.m. And when it's a school day, I have until 6.30. And in that morning, I'm meditating. Um, I talk to my ancestors. I do affirmations. I read for 10 minutes. Um, and then I try to do like a short grounding yoga um, exercise just to kind of get my body woken up. And I also make the house smell good. Like I want the kids to smell the house smelling really good. So I burn incense, some kind of oils to kind of set that up. And then when the kids get, right now my schedule is I'm working in the evenings for about two hours where I have to be hands on. When the kids are leaving, I'm using that time to plan what I want my business to be. Like, I'm really getting down to the nitty gritty. I'm kind of carrying on a business from California, but when I was in California, I really didn't have any kind of, I just couldn't focus. But now I'm really getting down to the nitty gritty of what's next. So I spend time, I've been trying to dedicate an hour to my business. Um, I did an hour for my current businesses or my freelancing gig and you know I don't have the perfect schedule but I'm really honing in on creating a schedule and even having like a nighttime schedule um just this delicate balance 
it's I mean, the one thing for me is like, I'm big on communication. Like I even tell my daughters, I'm like, okay, this week I got this Monday, I got this Wednesday, I got this Friday, even though I know they're just now learning their days of the week and stuff like that. Uh, and they'll ask every day, do you got to go to such and such today? No, that's Thursday. You know, like, oh, do you got to do this uh, today? No, that that's Wednesday, you know, but not feeling like, not letting it work my nerves and not being like how adults were when I was little. Like it was kind of like um, uh, children should be seen, not heard type of mentality. I don't, I don't adopt that. Like my thing is uh, communicate and let your kids know, like you're not too grown not to be accountable to your children. Like I just, yeah. And there are people too who have relationships with them as well. How do you you should know that I'll be gone, but I'm coming back? And then have that if I don't come back, then you know that's when you worry is when mama's not coming back. But if you never know, mama go comes and goes, and you never know when she's gonna pop up. You know, I just that's the one thing I didn't like about the way I was raised or the way that I've seen other people raised is that you know, parents just felt like I'm grown, I don't have to, I don't have to be accountable to my kids, like they're they're children. You know, they, you don't tell me what to do. It's like, no, it's just that security and stability of knowing, you know, mama and daddy will be back. Mm-hmm. You know, we're handling stuff to make your your life easier. But we're trying to find our own happiness. Like your parents are getting raised as they're raising you. Mm-hmm. I tell them, I said, mama's still learning things. I don't have it all. I don't, I don't know a whole lot. I mean, I know a whole lot about nothing. But I don't know <laughs> when it comes to being grown and raising kids. I'm still learning. Like, Livy just turned 18. I'm like, I'm still learning. She said, well, you did a great job. And so, got little tears. I was like, oh, okay. At least one of my kids feel like I did a good job. <laughs> we'll see about the other two when they get older. So, love mama. Okay, I feel like I'm doing a good job because they, they want to be around me. So, that being said, how are we making time for rest? And this is something we really have to indulge in as women. Because we get, we do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. I think what you touched on having a strong partner is very helpful. Um, I think as a woman, we look as uh, a partner being financial support as the most desired thing. And I get that because bills suck. But I've been in positions where mm-hmm. the bills are paid, but at home, I'm not getting any help. And if you've been at home, you understand that being a stay-at-home mother is, first of all, you're not getting paid. And it's like having three jobs. There's no off buttons. There's no alarms. It's never ending. Um, And how do you create rest? How do you create time for yourself? Um, Communication. I mean, like, as a single mom, who am I communicating with? I with literally, kids, like, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. I see y'all when I see you. <laughs> Try that. And, you know, like, one time I was so tired and I was taking a nap. I was trying to take a nap. And my oldest comes and say, Mom, woke me up. I hope you're enjoying your nap. I'm like, you yeah. Get face. <laughs> yeah. 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 did that to me this morning. And I don't think it was nothing like, <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> yeah, but it's like really understanding like 
like for me, I said, okay, it's time to get some therapy because I'm taking on a lot of things on my own. I have two children. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, and parenting for me is pretty triggering. Like I'm really a lot of um, child work I have to do. Mm-hmm. So I can work on trying to be the best mother that I can be as as well as not being supported. This is a thing. There's no support to really be had. I have some here and there and grateful for the support that I do have. So I think it's literally about carving time for yourself. I, I mean, read her She like, she's at the age where they just come home and they go to sleep. You know, mm-hmm. so she always rest and always sleep. Uh, with the little ones, they are like rest averse. So they mm-hmm. never want to take a nap. So never I sleep. as I said, come on, y'all, let's take a nap together. And so then they'll be like, all right, they'll go in their room and I don't hear from them. So then I can take a nap. So because I'm like, that's how I was able to do it. But I don't know. You you don't have no, they don't My kids get more amped when they see me relaxing. It's something about me relaxing. They just like, oh, nope. We need, we we have a request. Um, excuse me, like, honestly, <laughs> That's why I just make the sacrifice to get up early. And I see a difference in how I, I operate with them. Uh, I see a difference in how I my day when I give myself that hour. You know, and what's crazy is the beginning of the year I wanted to start up, getting up at five, and but but it was so hard. I just was not making it. I was waking up when it was time to wake up the kids, and it's like I was rolling down the hill. That's how I felt. I literally had to talk to myself in the thick of it, like. Self-love is you getting up at five to give yourself what you need. And this is not ideal because in the perfect world, you should be able to get up at nine or eight, you know, because I love to sleep. I could sleep to 12 if I didn't have all these responsibilities. I'm a sleeper. Yeah, that's the opposite. I, I don't I sleep. Love, I, whew, I love to sleep. I would be asleep. When they left for California during the summer, the first three days I slept. I woke up, used the bathroom and slept. I didn't even eat. I ate some some animal crackers because I didn't feel like thinking about what to eat. I didn't want to care. I have to go to the grocery store. I didn't care. I could just sit at home and I slept. That's what Larry said. He said, you don't ever sleep, but uh, when I'm tired, I'm going to bed. I don't care. The house could be on fire. Man, I sleep. I'm going to bed. I see y'all when I see y'all. And just really like carving out that time and also I think as mothers like I really struggle with getting myself something and you know it's like they always need something or want something and like money is tight and I'd be trying to you know but I always feel bad even if it's something I genuinely need I'll feel bad and I've been really talking myself out of that because that's a scarcity mindset mm-hmm. And if you're bringing that energy in your home, that's why your money is tight. Because you keep thinking, like, once you spend this, it's not coming back. You spend on yourself or your mental health is going to come back. And I'm not saying be negligent or you, you know, where you um, maxing out cards. I mean, that if you have a couple of dollars to give on yourself, spend a little bit on yourself. Even if it's like guilty pleasures, getting your nails done, getting your hair done, buying that lipstick. We go into the self-care part, tiny indulgences. Yeah. <laughs> you see how they flew straight in there. Yeah, you got to do those tiny indulgences. So this article I, I saw it on HuffPost, and it's 16 tiny indulgences that don't cost much but feel luxurious. So the first one is making a pitcher of cucumber water. Mm-hmm. So slices of cucumber and water for a couple of hours. It tastes very refreshing and fancy. Mm-hmm. And 
drinking your morning coffee outside. So if you have patio so weather or and it's sandwich. snowing and it was so nice to do that. I did feel bougie. That was so nice this morning to be in the right. snow balcony drinking. I had a Thai, um, a Thai, uh, it wasn't ice, a Thai tea with some coffee. And I sat out there and was like, okay, this is pretty bougie. I feel bougie. <laughs> but it's needed. <laughs> right. You said waking up early for some quiet alone time. Yeah, that's my thing. Carving out that time. Take a few a, a few really deep breaths. Walking through a public garden. Adding a garnish to your meals. That makes you feel real bougie. It does. Microwave hot dogs or ramen noodles. Just put, the, <laughs> put some garnish on it. It elevates it. Giving yourself a facial massage. Mm -hmm. Face yoga has incredible benefits and it makes you feel so good, especially if you're sitting all day at the computer. You may not realize how much you tense your face or clench your jaw. One thing I saw a lady said it got rid of her double chin, so I'm going to start that. I said, oh, I need to get rid of this. Wait, start what? Uh, face yoga, that it made her uh, oh, double chin. I need like, to so round. Yeah. You said what? I said, I need to do that because my face is a round girl. It's just like a round yeah. and like It releases collagen and something else and it like makes your skin tighten. Now you have to do it every day, but it like mm -hmm. tightens it up so that you know this ain't this part ain't showing. Oh, and like, small and she had a double chin. I was like, okay, that don't make me feel too bad. See, your skin <laughs> girl has a double chin. I'm like, whoa, I thought that meant, you know, because you, you're on the heavier side, but mm -hmm. yeah, the oh. double chin was super skinny. Uh, spending 15 minutes of uh, daydreaming, 15 to 30 minutes to daydream and fantasize without multitasking or doing anything you deem productive. Yeah, that does wonders for me. Making mm -hmm. coffee in a French press. I'm going to buy me I one. I'm a French press. I'm a big fan. I've had a Keurig. I've had a regular coffee machine. By far, my favorite is a French press. The coffee just tastes better. And I'm a real coffee head. Yeah, see, I the Keurig machine, I have one too, but like buying those pods gets expensive and it's just like it's just I don't even think the coffee tastes that great. Like it was cool to have, but when you put them fresh grounds, and I gotta buy me a coffee grounder, you ground them fresh beans and put it in that um that espresso machine. I'm gonna tell you, I had a dream that I had a barrel of coffee grounds. So I know it's how me to a French press <laughs> grounder. <laughs> I had a good old French. barrel of a keg full of coffee, uh, grounded coffee. And the yeah. person, I don't know who this person was in my dream. They were like, y'all not using the coffee grounds. So I'm taking it from y'all. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> I'll take some right now. We didn't get it. Yeah, get a French press because I'm dreaming about coffee. <laughs> taking yourself on a solo date. Drinking, I says I go for a walk and bring my sketchbook or allow myself an hour or two to prepare a nice lunch at home, watch my favorite shows, or listen to podcasts. That's what the person that offered that tip. Um, take it, I used to take myself to the movies. I used to go out to eat by myself. Now I got the girls. I um I take them, like we'll go on a brunch date, and I used to take Livy. I need and I, before she goes away to school, I gotta take her to 
the um the National uh, Legacy Museum that's in uh, Montgomery. I gotta take her there before she goes uh, goes away, even though she's gonna be up the street, goes away to school and then take her to get her nails done and take her out to brunch again. Like I used to, I used to do at least every other month, I would take her somewhere. And we just been a little slack, you know, especially with COVID, but I'm gonna start that now that everything's opened up. Uh, drinking a glass of wine while calling a friend. Okay, so you talking big time, man. So now friend come. Me and my right. to a chef. She this is this friend is like my sister. She's another uh black woman chef. We used to have wine time on the lot, and we need to do that again. We need to and we would Let's say try invited. <laughs> to make and we would have wine time. And yes. We, well during the pandemic, we need to get back to that because she's in Vegas. I'm all the way in New York and it's like we need to set up a wine time. Yes. Now I will say when I start getting tipsy, I get sleepy. So I'm, I'm not worried about saying anything. It does not have to be long. You know what I'm saying? It does not have to be long. Um, no, I'm, saying, I'm not worried about saying anything goofy. I'm I'm worried about falling asleep. Like I'm I mean, like, right here like this. Just snooze on off. Because it's just a good time. And when we tap out, we tap out. You know what I'm saying? That's it. And that's all. Yeah, just like this. And, and <laughs> I'm talking about, this is ways that we live instead of just just trying to get by. Right. Like, you have to create. So it's crazy we're talking about this. The biggest thing that came up from my meditation is this. I keep focusing on what I want to be and what I don't have, and that's good, but I keep missing out on who I am now. And who I am and what I have now, I need to have that happiness. I need to have that confidence. I need to create moments that I love right now because when you get there, you're off to the next goal. Like how you got here, the journey of your your entrepreneurship, the journey of what you're creating for your life is every day how every day counts. So and I mean, just speaking from a spiritual aspect, that's why we're here is to have a human experience. Yes. To learn the, I get, I can say attributes. That's the best word that I can come up with right now. That will help elevate us to mm-hmm. whatever plane we go to next. Like that's the whole purpose. It's not to work a job or to make money or to, right. you know, uh, find the love of your life, like you Seriously. Know, to have this experience. To have an experience because we we signed that contract saying I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> this is the way I'm going out. Have this experience and maybe help a couple of people along the way. Like yeah. what it's about, and you have to just. Right, that's why I'm here. Am I here to help somebody? Have I? I'm hoping I've evolved enough where I'm just here to help some folks. Because I'm not and, trying to learn nothing else. I'm just- <laughs> okay. And I think that's where I'm at. Like, I think I've had a lot of hard lessons. Not that I don't have any more lessons coming, but like those real gangster lessons about surrounding my life purpose. I think I'm like there. So yeah, as soon as you say something like this, then it start going ham. So, but I know I've been, <laughs> I know that I've grown a lot as a person and it is time for me to get myself to a certain point because I'm supposed to help people. Like you have to understand while we're manifesting people around us to help us leveling, level up, someone's manifesting you to help them level up. So we have so much work right. to do so we can be prepared to help people. And a part of that is learning how to be in balance. That's what this whole episode was really about. It was about balance and different attitudes, uh, thought processes, and everything. 
you know. Surviving versus surviving. But I want to finish the rest of the tips so we don't. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. yeah. That. <laughs> Taking an Epsom salt bath, doing a short home workout. You mentioned that as well. But mm -hmm. there's a lot of quick workouts on YouTube. Like I like the walking one. You can walk a mile or two in like eight minutes. Mm -hmm. I love that. Your body, even just for a little while, gives you that extra boost you need for the day. Making a fancy cup of tea, basking in the sunshine. Uh, you can just sit in the grass outside your home or apartment, and it feels like you're at the park, you know, or go to the actual park. Yep. And then lighting a candle to set the mood. I, I love that. Like taking that's a candle by candlelight, eating by candlelight, watching TV by candlelight. It's just so and it's it, like you say, make you feel bougie. You're like, ah, especially. Yeah, luxury. Uh-oh, what happened? I don't know what happened. I was about to say, I'm sure she pop back up. I don't, I don't know what happened, but Steam Yard is good for it, though. Steam Yard is good for it. Um, um, okay, let me get back to my banner. We're talk about thriving versus surviving, but yeah, like those little tiny indulgences, um, self care, resting. Balancing motherhood versus with yourself, yeah. first, even as a mother, not feeling, um, not you know, sometimes you just got to tell that little voice in your head to shut the fuck up, right? And like, I think, I think I shared with uh, you the other day was, um, I thought because my parents and Larry they can stick with jobs and me mm -hmm. in this world, like, soon as I feel like I'm not being valued, you're not listening to anything that I have to say, um, it doesn't matter if I'm here or not, over it. I mm -hmm. check out, and mm -hmm. so I just never been able to stay anywhere long term, even though I was a great employee, and they loved me being there, mm -hmm. I didn't feel, I felt very disregarded, so I would just peace out, find somewhere else to go, but all right, mm -hmm. this, in I've learned all the lessons I need to learn here, it's time for me to do something else, and, you know, it it was scary because I, I lack boundaries as a person. So I'm, I'm getting that's my lesson right now is I got to learn how to mm -hmm. set strong boundaries and stick to them. But. Um, <coughs> excuse me. I realize I'm a big child and, uh, you know, I've always been I love kid stuff, you know, mm -hmm. um, and so that I kind of center my life and my business around children and so like when i take my girls to the library i take my girls to mcguay i take my girls somewhere i have just as much fun as they do you know i'm like going through the mazes myself and i'm doing all this stuff too because i'm a i'm a little girl at heart and i, right. I always will be i'll be 80 being like yes let's go to a water park like i'm always right. gonna this way so once I accepted that about myself it helped me start thriving because I'm like okay I'm doing what feeds my soul right like, your whole spirit and it's a buzz because my girls they get a wonderful childhood because they're like mama was always doing fun stuff with us you know like Kevin Hart say oh the kids don't want to play with my mama's not fun no this mama's fun 
Right. I'm the fun parent. And I'm like, yeah, let's let's go to the park. Let's do this. Let's do blah, 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 blah. Then mm-hmm. if I'm tired or I physically can't do it, i be like, all right, I'll watch y'all. But most of the time, I try to get in and, and get my fun, too. Get your fun in, too. I paid a mission. I want to have fun. <laughs> and having fun is a part of, you know, living and not just, you know, struggling through life. You got to have fun in all your moments. Lighten up. The other message I got, I think I'd be so, so serious all the time. Um, yeah, I thought that. I thought because everybody else around me seemed so serious and they I, seemed like they had it together. And like my dad, he's like, no, I hated being in the military. I hated doing this job, but I knew I had to take care of y'all. And mm-hmm. my mom was like, you know, I love what I do. I just don't like the people around me. Mm-hmm. I, 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 now that I'm grown and I've been on a couple of jobs, I fully understand that. It's like this job would be perfect if y'all weren't here. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if my coworkers were gone or my boss was gone, I had somebody better, this would be perfect. Like, what I physically, what I'm doing, I love it. I just don't like having to deal with y'all. But that's a part of a job is you just gotta, yeah, take the good with the bad. Yeah. Like, I had a magic wand and be like, all right. Better manager, better lady on my right. <laughs> well, the magic wand is creating the business and having the culture of your business. That is yeah. the magic wand. That yeah. is what you're doing. Like we became entrepreneurs to not only make good money and provide for our family, but to create a culture that we actually want to get up and be in every day. So yes, yes. That's a show. <laughs> this was an empowering conversation. Like I all the stuff I hadn't thought about in years. No, no, for real. Pull it up. Uh, Kimmy, will you end this convo with more inspiring words or our motivational quote? Um, Another quote that I found that, well, I think you found that was awesome was attack what you expect, reflect what you desire, become what you respect, and mirror what you admire. I was a little late with the banner, but... <laughs> I'll do it again just so <laughs> track what you expect, reflect what you desire, become what you respect. You're yes. desire. All right. <laughs> I was trying. You, man, we don't get it down. This is we, we don't get it down. <laughs> um. Well, that's our show for today. Next episode, we'll have three new topics investing in and betting on yourself. Um, people want to buy from a real person. So show more of your personality, show more of yourself physically in your business, like in your advertisements, you know, your, your uh, postcards, brochures, make sure they see a real person because they want to buy from people. And then how you love others and how do you receive love? And we have a bonus topic, but you got to tune in and hear what that is. Gotta come in. Gotta come in. So until the 27th, I'm Atricia Coleman. I'm Kimmy J. And this is Sunday Business Brunch. Bye. 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 <laughs>